Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today. Welcome to filmandtvreview.com. Catch the latest film, TV and streamed show reviews every week. The views and opinions expressed by the authors and those providing comments are theirs alone. They do not reflect the views, opinions or position of film and tvreview.com or their respective parent companies or affiliates. Film and tvreview.com makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information in this program and is for entertainment purposes only. Episodes may contain adult humor and language. For full terms and conditions see filmandtvreview.com. In this documentary film and TV review interview special, Aquila's Escape star and filmmaker Saul Williams talks to Andrina George about the movie after its recent UK release. Saul Williams talks about his role in this urban crime noir drama tackling gang culture, boy soldiers, and the cycle of crime through the generations. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm loving the backdrop. Oh, yeah, it's a bit messy, but <laughs> it's like that. It it's just nice and chilled, which I which I like. <laughs> so that's good. It's a great film. Really enjoyed thank watching you. it. And thank you for taking part in this today. Really appreciate it. No problem. Can you tell me about what drew you to starring in the film? Well, yeah, sure. What what drew me was was first my relationship with the director, with Charles Officer. I, I met Charles um at the Toronto Film Festival in 1998 when I was there with my film Slam, my first film, Slam. And um, and so we were both, you know, young artists, filmmakers, Black, who were like, yo, yo. And uh, he was living in Toronto and he became one of my like Toronto buddies. So anytime I was there, I was kicking it with him and what are you working on? And, you know, and, and it was also always an interesting connection for me because it's, um, it's not, I didn't have a lot of friends that were directors, you know, I have friends that are musicians, what have you, but he's a director. So it was always interesting for me to communicate with him about what was going on because it was the other side of the camera, you know? And so over the years, we always stayed in contact. If he was anywhere near where I was or vice versa, we saw each other, we broke bread, building on what we were doing and what have you. And, and so, you know, he's someone that I count as a friend. 
and someone that that I really like, that I think is a um, charming and sincere, um, thoughtful person, and and whose work always reflects that, you know. So I'm familiar with his previous work, um, and and his work has always reflected his character. Um, so, and he he told me back then, like, yo, I'm gonna write something for us to do together. And you know, you hear that, and you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but when when the script finally came through, I was first off excited for him, you know, because he had you know found. A, the project, the funding, the whole nine, and and it's really going to happen. And then excited that he had followed through on his word. But I guess you could say it's expected of him if you know him, because that he is the type of person that follows through on his word, but that he came back and said, okay, it's been 15 or 20 years, but that project I said we were going to do, this is it. And so um, I was excited to read it. I was, I was, I was committed to it before I even read it, though, because it was Charles. You know, so I came to it as as you come to something with a friend, you know, but to my surprise, I was also very moved by the writing and and by the story and and was honored to be asked, you know, to participate. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's really great when somebody has, you know, good character. It's yeah. very important. It is. Um, would you say that the central story of the film is about a father and son relationship, whether that's kind of biological or not? Um, yeah, I think it's exactly that. You know, um, many sides of, of, of that, right? Because on one hand, you have Akila who is, um, very much has made a decision that he will not become his father, right? Um, and then he's put in a position of kind of challenging himself to the question of, well, what kind of father would you be to a young person who you see needs your your input needs your help, you know, um, which he could have easily dismissed. But instead, he decided to reluctantly step into the picture, you know, and um, and so, yeah, it's very much about that. And I think it's a pertinent question. Um, especially because I, for one, acknowledge that there is a crisis within the idea, within the prevailing idea of masculinity um, and that needs to be approached um, internally as well, you know, like that, that, that men need to challenge themselves beyond, you know, these notions of, of, of what is strength what is hard what is cool what is gangster what is all of this shit um and there's a there's definitely a lot of um people would say toxicity but i'm trying to avoid the word there's definitely a lot of men who are who are responding very defensively to that 
and in doing so, perpetuating these patriarchal stereotypes that that don't allow any questioning, that don't allow themselves to be challenged or to look at themselves and to realize the importance of adapting, uh, the importance of vulnerability, the importance of, of shifting, you know, how they see themselves in the world and, and, and of shifting the sort of privilege with which they walk through it. Um, so, and these are things that, especially when we talk about the father-son relationship, if the father hasn't done the work, how can we expect the son, right? And of course, when you think of, you know, the LGBTQIA community and what have you, we, we know that oftentimes also sons have to push the fathers to do the work, to accept them as themselves and to push them beyond the the, the sort of you know, short-sighted perspectives that are held and maintained through every aspect of society, be it religion, be it education, be it societal programming or systemic, you know, relationships to, to any industry or what have you. Um, yeah, I mean, I believe that, 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 you know, this idea of patriarchy has to be dismantled, actually. You know, and um, and so yes, the father-son relationship has to be challenged. What does that mean? What does you know? So I think that the the character that that Charles created within the context of a crime thriller is subtly interesting. <laughs> How did you prepare for the role of a killer? reading and thinking, a little bit of exercising. I mean, and, and the barest, you know, and a lot of uh, a lot of music. You know, my, usually if I'm preparing for something, maybe the first thing that I'll do, aside from reading the script a hundred times, is start concocting a playlist, you know? Um, music that either I think belongs to the character's world, yeah music that I think belongs to the character's world or that might inspire a world. So there's that. Um, there's physical training involved as well to kind of get out of the lackadaisical solness of myself, you know? So pushing myself to, 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 to step out of myself some, and that, that's, that can be done through like physical training and what have you and the, buff out a little bit, you know? Um, what else? Um, and, and yeah, then there's a great deal of reading and thinking involved, conversations with Charles, but it's sort of, um, it's the marination process that's that's crucial. You know, you season it, but then you gotta let it, you gotta let it sit, you know, so. Yeah. Kind of like the jerk chicken, right? Very much like the jerk chicken. <laughs> okay. So the music really stood out for me. So did your music background and upbringing inform your creative expression as an actor? 
Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it definitely did. Um, because when you listen, music has so much character within it, you know? Um, and, and it, and sometimes it's a hill that you have to climb in order to like, you know, you listen to a James Brown song that's like, girl, let me tell you. And you're like, how the hell, where does that energy come from that, you know, um, I just woke up. Girl, let me tell Like, <laughs> so there, there is some sort of things to figure out in terms of how to arrive at certain places in music, right? And the music that I grew up with between the church and hip hop, and then the music that I began choosing as I got exposed to the choices in music, right? And got into jazz and blues and reggae and stuff that, you know, just going deeper, 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 deeper. Um, yeah, I, th I think it informs my, it definitely informs my character as an artist and and I think the more experience you have as, as, as an individual, as a person, all of that informs your positioning as an actor, right? The more that you live through, because that, that's really what the acting thing is, is, is that, you know, you think of something like a breakup, you know, once you like, it's one thing to be a kid being like, I will never, blah, 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 blah. When you live through an actual breakup, when you live through whether, being cheated on or cheating, when you live through parenting, when you live through childbirth, there, there's there's things that getting robbed, getting jumped, all any of these things, having a gun held to your face. When you live through these things, um, as an actor, I've always taken note, like, ah, oh. I remember when my dad died, for example, and 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 the insurmountable grief that I felt. And I also remember a moment within that grief going, ah, so this is that. <laughs> it, which is kind of like a bookmark that I left for any acting thing that was gonna, you know, so because you you can try your best to imagine what it's like, like the types of roles that you're given as a teenager playing in a Shakespeare play near Mark Antony, but you have never lived in a war. You haven't seen your best friend killed. You have, you know, <laughs> but as time progresses, you begin to really appreciate the emotional journey. And so music is a part of that emotional journey. So yes, music has influenced um, my my relationship to acting, but but so has living. What was it like working on the soundtrack and kind of reconnecting with Massive Attack? Well, the fact is, is that when Charles approached me as an actor for this project, um, I was already in the process of, of working on a project with Robert. Um, yeah. So we, we had been working, Robert and I, and, and I was very excited about some of the stuff we were coming up with. And at some point, Charles was like, well, what are you working on right now? You know, and I told him, he was like, what? Uh, can I hear something? <laughs> and, and so when I shared some of the music, of course, Charles was like, 
do you think there's any chance? <laughs> and so Robert was kind enough to allow it. And, um, and, and it's true that it made a lot of sense because of the sort of, you know, sonic ambience of massive attack, the relationship to dub um, and, and roots culture and the whole nine. I think that it, that it made the perfect, you know, connection between Charles, who's an actual like huge fan of theirs anyway. So we were able to like, uh, you know, fulfill his dream when he got to meet Robert, he was like, oh my God, Saul, you know, he was out of his mind. Um, and, but I, I do think that it was a smart decision on his part and that it makes a lot of sense for the film because the sort of uh, ambience and textures that, that they work with really, um, brings brings the necessary balance to to the equation of the image and the story um and so the the rest of my work on the score uh was was a little bit difficult just because i was you know trying to connect music to picture but i'm in the picture and and normally, like after I perform, I'm not necessarily trying to see myself at that point in the process. I can work at the, see the finished product, but I'm not trying to see the the process of editing and all that. If I'm acting in something, you know, I'm trusting the director. But as the composer of the score, I had to be a bit more involved after we shot the film, and so that was a little difficult. But um, but there was some magicality involved in that. It um things kind of just fell into place. How important was the representation of Jamaican culture and dysphoria in the film for you personally? Well, for me, I thought it was super exciting, you know, um, primarily because like all of us, you know, like we, we grew up yearning to see shit, like yearning to see ourselves reflected. My family's from Haiti, you know, um, and, but I grew up in New York, you know, so I'm, I grew up embedded in, you know, West Indian culture. And, and it's true that these narratives are not necessarily central to what we see projected, you know, uh, in, in cinema and, and, and what have you. And, and then also for, for someone like Charles, who is avoiding the sort of miserableist you know, sort of outlook and who is finding a creative way to to raise real questions and and what have you to 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 be engaging himself in that direction. I thought it was it felt deeply personal. And um and and me, I, I was very proud to be asked to to participate in something that that felt that personal and and connected to um the historical context of the film which of course, you know, was already familiar with and what have you, but it was a, a interesting um, way to, to dive a bit deeper into that. Um, yeah, it, it was, um, I, I found that to be one of the most exciting aspects of it, you know, um, and because also the playlist I was able to put together was very fun. <laughs> You know, 
oftentimes I'm looking for excuses to go a particular direction in what I'm listening to. And so this film allowed me to spend a year listening to exactly what I wanted to hear, you know? There was an interesting range of female characters in the film. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. Well, I think that that corresponds with this, this question of, of what Charles is approaching in, in his storytelling and, and, and the sort of people that he wants to portray, right? Um, when I think of the, you know, that there's the Greek, right? And, and, and the sort of power that she has, there's Donisha and what she carries and 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 fights and aims to protect um i think that that obviously from a male perspective that it's that it's uh that it's an honest attempt to 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 give uh to shed some balanced light on on society as we experience it you know um because i mean the strength that we know in our communities and in our lives is often not projected once again and that's primarily because of who's behind the camera and who's writing the script and 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 the fact that they're not raising these questions and don't realize that we see their gaze, we see where their camera is angled and what it's focused on and the stories they want to project in the whole nine. Yeah, th there has to be shifts. And of course we have to shift away from it. You know, this is, you, you think of the idea of like the man as protector and all that. And, and but this is someone that is unable to protect and so you think of future projections and 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 like I've heard Charles say, like, how do we break these generational cycles, but also how do we break these cycles of the relationships that we hold dear and and also the the the, the relationships that we have to ourselves, our loved ones. Um, and what we hold dear in society and why, and whether that serves us or not. Yeah, I think I think he does a, an interesting job. Yeah, I, I agree. In relation to that, would you say that the film is about redemption or breaking the cycle? Which one would you say it more closely relates to? Interesting. I guess it's about breaking the cycle. That's what I would say more so than redemption. I think the redemption is interior and, and we don't necessarily get to, to experience what we want to. And finally, what's next for you? Uh, well, after this, um, the film that I co-directed with my wife, Neptune Frost, will be released theatrically in, in, um, in the UK um, starting on November 4th. Um, and so that is, that's the next thing that the UK will get from me is, is a, a science fiction musical that we directed in Rwanda with a completely Rwandian, Rwandan and Burundian cast and crew. 
Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a musical, so I did the music and co-directed it with Anisia Uziman, um, who, who also was the cinematographer. And so, um, and so yeah, that's, that's, that's what's next. Okay, that sounds amazing. I love a good sci-fi and I love musicals. So that's that's yeah. that's even better. Okay, well, thank you so much. I've so enjoyed speaking to you and I've learned quite a quite a bit. So that's fantastic. Really enjoyed thank watching you. it and thank you for taking part in this today. Really appreciate it. No problem. We hope you enjoyed this film and TVreview.com episode. Catch the latest film and TV reviews, together with regular episode content from the world of film and TV every week. See you soon. Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today.